Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I want my land. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, and today we're going to be focusing on the writers, the screen writers who get to make the ideas before they reach you on the screen. And we've got Catherine McMullen on the line, who's just been, who's a member of the Australian Writers Guild and also the recipient of the John Hind Award for Best Unproduced Science Fiction Screen Play. That's right, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So last year's one. Yeah, last year's one. And last night was the big awards for the uh, recipient of this year's award. Yes. Yeah, no, it was a really, really great night. Um, we had held it up in Brisbane. Yeah, well, very nice place to go to do such a thing. Can you tell us about uh, why what the John Hind Award is all about? Yeah, so the John Hind Award it was um, just awarded in 2008. It's from a bequest from... Um, the uh, Australian film critic John Hind, um, and yeah, it's it's specifically to celebrate science fiction writing. Um, you know that that can be a pretty broad uh, definition in terms of you know it does it just has, has to have some sort of science fiction element. Um, and yeah, every year it's kind of we uh, this year the award for unproduced was just awarded, but um, last year there was best produced, so best produced work and best unproduced script. Well, can you tell us about your experience with having won that award and uh, a little bit about your script and where it's gone as a consequence? Yeah, absolutely. So um, science fiction is really important for me. Uh, my dad is um, Sean McMullen. He's an Australian science fiction novelist. So I've, it's definitely something I've grown up with and is always... Um, I always knew it was basically the kind of stories that I wanted to explore and tell myself. Um uh, for me, winning the award last year was really, really helpful. I um, go over to the States about twice a year to pitch my own projects and uh, work on stuff over there as well. And it was just really kind of, it opened so many doors for me in terms of being able to go, you know, it's been awarded this prize from our Writers Guild. It's very specific. Um, there's a real hunger for genre at the moment, um, science fiction and horror especially. Um, so being able to say, you know, it's won the basically the nation's top science fiction award, it, it's not, you know, it's not nothing. It, it was very, you know, it definitely got people to read my scripts and take them quite seriously as a thing. No, that's um, great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yes, yeah, so my, my scripts are the one last year. It's called Awake. 
uh, and it's about a world where um, the 1% don't have to sleep, basically. And uh, I've just been over there recently kind of um, talking about it with people and, um, and you know, trying to... It's, it's funny, scripts often act as a combination of you're trying to sell your own one or get people interested in it, but they also act as samples for other work. So, yeah, I've just been over there recently meeting with people about that. Oh, that would also give you um, access to people of similar mind, people who want to conjure the same kind of elements in a script, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's such an important thing. Like that relationship between writer and producer and who you work with is is really one of the key relationships in the film industry. In terms of, you want someone that not only thinks they can make you know on practical level money off your script, um, but also someone that uh, really understands genre and understands what you're trying to do with it. And and you know, whenever I write sci-fi, um, and I think this is true of most fiction writers. Um, there always has to be something deeper that you're saying about, you know, society or the future or where you think things will go. Um, and you really want to find someone that doesn't just think, oh, cool, like spaceships, like that also gets that, you know, the best shows uh, have something deeper to say on another level. Well, that's the whole purpose, isn't it? Of, um, I mean, I, I'm a bit of a devotee of this particular genre uh, as a reader. Um, I mean, the things that you can do with... Uh, Film, of course, is uh, a hugely emotional impact of the visual. Uh, so, but uh, in the uh, land of ideas, uh, science fiction, when it went past purely being cowboys in space, uh, is quite uh, riveting. Uh, the potential for uh, what if storylines. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, uh, there's currently a real kind of wave of science fiction by um, people of colour in particular. I mean, they've, of course, always written, um, but there's been, you know, in the last few years, there's we've seen uh, our top Hugo Award uh, go to some really, really progressive and interesting books. Um, and I think, you know, people really underestimate science fiction as something that can be an agent for change, but it really is, you know, if, you, if you're imagining future worlds, you're, you're kind of given leeway to go, well how do I want the world to be or what dangers do I see in our current world if we keep on going in this direction? And um, and it can be easier to do that through the lens of science fiction than it is through something, you know, that's a bit more like clear-cut, oh, this is fiction about something that's happening right now. Yeah, it's interesting because we're at a time in uh, history where, uh, you know, and I'm sure this happens periodically, but there's we're at a time in history where people are disturbed and worried and um and as a consequence i think that as you said genre and science fiction in particular has uh taken a resurgence yeah yeah and no, I, I think you know we're disturbed and worried by our current world so we've kind of maybe fled <laughs> to a few other ones yeah um, and that's true like we've, we've seen a resurgence in fantasy as well like specifically you know big world building you know magic world fantasy which for years was considered kind of a dead a dead genre in terms of the screen. It's always been big in terms of books, but yeah. um, in terms of the screen, it was kind of left to um, to teen television, um, and that's definitely changing. I think there is, you know, people have an appetite to imagine worlds that are different to ours kind of more than ever. Um, and, you know, and that's true in Australia as well. Like, I, I think at the moment we're in a peak for um, genre genre um, stories on screen in particular. You know, there's Glitch, Clever Man, um, Thailand's about to come out. You know, there's there's more... Even five years ago, you, you wouldn't have been able to name, 
you know, other than teen shows, I don't think there would have been much on screen at all. Yeah, well, that's just yeah. On, it's true on the feature side too. So, well, at the moment we've got we're getting the and it's a very good series. I I, I deliberately went back and watched it, Lost Boys. Oh uh, uh, yes, yeah, and they're doing their last series of that. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, nowhere boys, you mean? Or, oh, nowhere boys. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just like, lot, it's just not sorry, sorry. That's a yeah, glitch, no, no. glitch, glitch. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're both they're both really excellent series. Nowhere boys and and glitch and um, you know it just I think Australia's doing some really exciting stuff in science fiction um, and and fantasy. And it's you know as a consequence, we're seeing also those shows are travelling really well overseas. Um, you know, when I was over in LA recently, like they certainly they watch and are aware of our shows, but the ones that cut through do tend to be genre. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the um, there's been a couple of low, relatively low budget uh, sci-fi films as well, and uh, one yeah. one just recently, which I suppose is kind of sci-fi, Harmony, which. Um, has got a I don't know if you've seen it, but it's got a no, no. yeah it's got a very direct sort of uh, graphic novel feel about it. So the scripting uh-huh. is probably a bit lame, but the concepts are really interesting. That's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so where you come in with the screenwriting, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean because that that is one of the things that people say about Australian films sometimes, and I I, I think that's actually something that. Uh, uh, less and less, but sometimes they say that uh, our screenwriting is, uh, like the dialogue, is uh, lame. Uh, yeah, and and for, for ages there was also this, this idea that um, people wouldn't listen to accents other than their own, um, which I think is now, thankfully, is shifting. So instead of it being, oh, well, we have to remake it for America, we're just being viewed on our own merit, kind of for better or for worse. Like, you know, we also have to produce things that are up to a world-class standard, so it's you know, it's a, um, you have to have both, um, I think. Well, that sort of brings to mind Upgrade. Did you see Upgrade? Yeah, I really loved Upgrade. Oh, so did yeah. I. It was a terrific film, a really well-made film. But it was a, a film that uh, had, you know, it was an excellent script. It was excellently acted, but it was and it was done by an Australian director. But it was actually uh, what I suppose it was pitched in. Uh, everyone spoke in an American accent. But it was yeah. shot in Australia. But the interesting thing is that do you think that, and this is where the question is, do you think science fiction in fact disassociates potentially uh, the characters and the uh, space that they're in from nation states, in fact? Gives you the potential to do that? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, even if we're not talking something as literal as, you know, something set in space where there aren't those particular countries, even if it is something that's kind of set in the present day. I think the thing is, um, in science fiction, the physical location becomes kind of the last, the last element. So you know, oh, upgrade is a is a great thing about a a guy that is um, upgrade and has to deal with that. And if it, you know, if it was in Australia, the Australian bit would be the last bit of that. So you know, no one says, oh, it's an Australian show where people come back from the dead, like with Glitch. They kind of go, oh, it's a thing where people come back from the dead That's and right. in Australia, you know, it's it's not that Australia is irrelevant. It makes it a really interesting setting, to be honest, especially for people from overseas. Um, but it's just that, you know, genre cuts through in a way that uh, other, other kind of types of TV doesn't. Um, there's a reason why Netflix... Um, and Hulu and Amazon have such strong genre mandates at the moment in terms of commissioning and making it. And that's because, you know, they've got all the data at their fingertips and they kind of went, well, 
genre shows are something that people in every country will happily watch and they kind of don't care if it's set in Germany or Australia or what have you. They just care about if it's good. Um, whereas that's, you know, for a family drama or something, that's just not as true. Like, th- those can be really excellent as well, but something that's an Australian family drama isn't going, generally, isn't going to travel as well as something that's genre. Yeah. I'll just remind our listeners that uh, we're on Showreel on 3CR and we're talking to Catherine McMullen, who was the last year's winner of the unproduced script, uh, sci-fi script for the John Hind Award that's uh, awarded every year by the Australian Writers Guild. That Last night, they gave the award to the next recipient, which, am I correct, it was Georgia, Georgina Love? Yes, that's right. It's got a fan- Can I read the um, breakdown of this uh, film script? It says, An experimental scientist raises a sentient pig as a mirror image of his dying son, but when Pig learns his father's plans have a sinister bent, he fights to resist them. What a fantastic lure. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a really fantastic script. I was lucky enough to read it um, before I met Georgina last night, and I think it's a really, really worthy winner of this year. Now there's, uh, but she was also there. Were, it was a fairly strong contenders. Uh, there's uh, at least other. There's uh, were three other, uh, two other scripts that were also contending. So that means that there's a rather healthy um, uh, focus on genre in Australia at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So the the other two scripts from Matt Vesely are Overheater, and uh, then The Last Crop by Tavis Urquhart, who was also the runner up last year, actually. Um, and yeah, it's just, I, I think that science fiction is kind of in a better place than ever in Australia. It was a really, really strong field this year. Um, and you know, there are, it's, there's a real hunger, both, both for people watching it, but also there are so many writers I know that, you know, often working screenwriters that have been working in Australia for years and years that secretly love sci-fi and have never really gotten to write it as much as now, um, so it's. I think that's kind of reflected in the quality of the entrance this year in terms of, you know, the, the competition's open to both uh, professionals and uh, non-professionals in terms of the Guild membership levels. And um, I think how good the scripts are just shows that people are writing really intelligent, smart science fiction. Because it is something that's put together by the Australian Writers Guild, Can you're obviously a member of the Australian Writers Guild, what are why why are you a member of the Australian Writers Guild? Well, the Guild for me, I um I joined the Guild a few years ago. I didn't really know anyone. I hadn't. Uh, I'd been working in the industry in um for a production company and then in production, but I didn't know that many other writers. And it's amazing. I, I kind of I honestly don't think I would have a career and be working if I hadn't joined the Guild. So I um. One of the first things that got me a little bit of kind of attention was I shortlisted in one of their competitions or in a a few different ones. And then, um, you know, eventually last year I won won the John Hind. But it's just such a supportive community. There are constantly, you know, events that we organise and that um, kind of things that are run and they give uh, industrial advice. So they give confidential industrial advice about contracts um, for members and um, just, you know, let you know the lay of the land in terms of, oh, you know, just watch out if your producers have been putting in this kind of clause or we've been noticing a bit of a surge in problems relating to this. Um, so they have really good practical um, kind of services as well as the social elements. Um, the 
the social elements and, and kind of the mentoring is, is so huge, though. So um, I'm a member of Pathways, which is uh, kind of the uh, program to get writers working and kind of doing things in the industry. And um, for me, that's been how I've met producers at events. It's been how I uh, kind of have been mentored by a few different people. It's how I've been mentoring people back through Pathways. So, um, yeah, it's it's I, I, it's such an important thing. I think anyone that wants to be a screenwriter in Australia um, should be a member, really. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's just the way the way to start kind of and connecting with your community is so important like writing can be very isolating and going every so often and meeting people and talking about shared problems that we all face when we look at a blank page is just incredibly incredibly lovely because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing isn't it being a writer is as you said a very solitary type of thing now genre is one of those things like science fiction whatever there's a huge amounts of um, elements that are possible to be brought into it but there's certain expectations aren't there about genre as well yeah i mean i think that the trick with genre is there's actually really clear um i say rules but you know you have to be consistent with the world uh you know, there's always you'll notice it if you ever see something where, especially, um, say in like a superhero show, um, someone uses powers or a spell or something like that, and then they never use it again. It you'll just feel this kind of uneasiness in you as you watch it, and it's because you know the writers haven't been consistent with the world. Like if you have you know someone using um, a cool bit of technology that means that they can track someone, if you're writing a TV show, you kind of have to go well. Every time they need to find someone, they either need to give a reason why they can't use that particular bit of tech or they have to use it. You know, it's like someone not having a mobile phone and <laughs> not using it to call someone. Like, yeah. you, you kind of notice and, and you, so even though it's, you know, we're dealing in fantastical things or fantastical worlds, you know, it's it's really important that like, the best genre actually follows very clear structures and rules and there's a lot of work happening underneath the surface that the viewers should never be aware of, but you're aware of it when it goes wrong, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, because uh, I'm aware that uh, with uh, large, um, with series in America, for example, uh, probably here too, but in America in particular, because there's such a large amount of money involved in what they're doing, uh, that they actually have a group of writers who are involved in bringing together a series, for example. Have you ever had experience yeah. of that? And they must whiteboard it because otherwise yes. they would not remember. Yeah, yeah, no, you have, um, you, it ends up looking a bit like a serial killer's room where, you know, you've got like cards and bits of string and then weird messages scrawled on boards. Um, the writer's room model is really, it's like it's the backbone of TV. So in, in the States, they'll um, basically be in a writer's room for half of the year. Um, here we do it a little bit differently. We tend to do it in kind of, we'll do week or two blocks um, and then someone will go away and write something up or you know, a few people will draft out some episodes and then you'll come together. So we do it a little bit more freelance. Um, but in TV, you know, there's just so much to write. There's so much to do. There's there's almost no way that someone could do it all unless you stuck to a shorter episode order. So in, in the UK, they do um, six episode um, yep. series a lot more. So you, you do get often one writer doing them all. Um, but 
but here and in the States, you know, most shows that um, go over a certain amount of episodes have a writer's room. And that's really important. Like, it's, you know, that, that can be quite social, which is really lovely. Um, obviously, feature writing tends to be just you and maybe another person if you're co-writing, but that can be a lot lonelier. Um, but TV writing is actually incredibly social. You know, being in the writer's room is honestly one of my favourite things. Yeah, it would be. It would like be really talking. exciting. It would <laughs> yeah. also be like um, people could be drag- daggers drawn. You didn't You didn't want to use my piece. Yeah, or well, it's often a lot more subtle than that. In an interesting <laughs> way, like there's a real – I was the assistant for, um, you know, in a lot of writer's rooms before I ever became like a contributing writer in them. And it's, it's really subtle. You learn to realise that you'll, you'll kind of say an idea – and either the room really sparks to it and someone says, oh, yeah, that's great, and then what about this? And then, you know, you really build on it and suddenly you can't imagine the show without that idea or without that character. And then other times you'll say it and people go, oh, maybe, and then they'll just kind of move on. But no one ever says, you know, no, and it's directly. Yeah, they don't diss. Yeah, and you know, there's a... It's, 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 they don't diss and also you might come back to that idea in two days and go, remember that thing you said? Like... Mm. Um, it, it can be weird how ideas circle back around and, um, you know, often... So it's quite it, generous, really. Yeah. It's, it's a creative generosity. Yeah. I, um, a really great showrunner I've worked with before, Lou Fox, once said to me when I was kind of um, an assistant in a room, I'd um, I'd said something that the, the kind of had then been picked up, basically, like people going, oh, that's cool, and what about this? And, um, and I said to her, you know, I was so proud that, like, my idea landed, basically, and she went... Uh, you know, I I really don't remember where the ideas come from. And, and it wasn't in a bad way. It was more just saying that, like, she's incredibly generous. Like, she's so, you know, she's so, so great in writer's room. And, um, and she was just basically saying that, like, you kind of put all of the ideas in a big in a big pot and then the show comes out of it. But trying to untangle who said what or who did this bit is is at a certain point basically impossible. <laughs> like, it's just about making the show the best show it can be. Um, and I think, yeah, that generosity in writers' rooms can be so, so lovely. And um, and just working with other writers and making something better is is just, you know, hopefully, <laughs> is, um, is just so... Yeah, it's so rewarding. It's, it's one of my favourite things. It's very exhausting um, in terms of you can kind of weirdly get home and it's like your brain's been firing all day and you'll just kind of sit there and, and stare off into space blankly. Um, yeah, but that's no, why I, you have I, a pit to, to stroke or something. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, writer's rooms. They're definitely one of the more... Um, glamorous is maybe the wrong word, but it's certainly one of the things when I was a baby writer, um, I was very aware of writer's rooms and I really wanted to be in one. Yeah, um, hot. it's very hot. Yeah, and I, I've been lucky enough, so I've worked in rooms over here in Australia and I've also done um, one in the States as well. So, And Ooh. that was really lovely as well. Uh, I was over there for a few months about the end of last year. So, What was um, the program you were yeah. working on? I'm not sure I can talk about oh, it, okay. because it's not Or you'll have to yet. shoot me. Um, Yep, yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll I'll tell you later off the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! What a great what a great opportunity. I, I I can feel how great that would be. Yeah, it was it was really special, and and um the the room over there was lovely as well. Um, I just you know sometimes they can go wrong, but most of the time it's it's such a great experience to be part of other people that love doing what they do and and you know trying to make something better. So that connection between um, here and there uh, and this very careful building of your career, 
really, like you said, has started from uh, winning or being part of the AWG, the Australian Writers Guild, uh, the uh, winning of the John Hind Award, and feeling that being a writer is actually a job, not just something, a phase you're going through. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think for me, I'm quite lucky. I've always known I wanted to write. I didn't always know I wanted to be a screenwriter, um, but I, you know, I was always, I always wanted to tell stories in some form. Um, but I think, you know, I really fell in love with screenwriting when I, I was watching Buffy. <laughs> and I yeah, went, well, whoever, yeah. Whoever made that happen, I want to do that. Yeah, much. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that yeah. was, an, and Firefly too. Oh, yes, definitely. Firefly was I was so disappointed when they stopped making it. as well, yeah. That was so um, unre- un- unfair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. They keep on talking about a revival, but I, I yeah, don't think the it, it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, the Writers Guild has been such an important part of just feeling connected. Um, you know, I still remember really clearly going to my first ever event and looking around and not really knowing anyone and talking to a few people. But then as I've gotten to know people more over the years, like I go to things now and it's more it's that it's a, you know, it's a struggle to see hi, to see everyone I want to say hi to in time before the event finishes. So it's it's just, it's, it's really cemented me feeling like I'm, I'm, a working Australian writer in many ways. <laughs> well, we've come to the end of our chat. There's so many other things I could ask you, Catherine, but thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on the program. And that was Catherine McMullen from uh, after g- handing over the uh, John Hind Award to the next recipient of the uh, Unproduced Science Fiction uh, Award. A great, great conversation to have. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.